Good morning, folks. You are listening to the Global Current, Seton Hall's School of Diplomacy podcast. Each week, we break down a new topic in global affairs and have a discussion with students to analyze different perspectives on the issue. This is your host, Eric Butts. Today, we're discussing the announcement of a war crimes probe against Israel in the International Criminal Court, the ICC. But before we get into that, let's check in with this week's news briefer, Daniela Makera, who will update us on news headlines from around the globe. Daniela? Thanks, Eric. Sri Lanka to ban burqa and other face coverings. Sri Lanka has taken a significant step towards banning the burqa and other face coverings in public on grounds of national security, two years after a wave of coordinated attacks on hotels and churches on Easter Sunday. An emergency short-term ban on face coverings was implemented. Now the government is moving to reintroduce it on a permanent basis. Sri Lanka's public security minister told the BBC that he has signed a cabinet order which now needs parliamentary approval. Yesterday, I signed a cabinet paper to ban the burqa. It affects our national security directly. In our early days, Muslim women and girls never wore the burqa. It is a sign of religious extremism that came about recently. We are definitely going to ban it. Protests erupt in Jordan after COVID-19 hospital death scandal. Protests erupted across different Jordanian cities and provincial towns against the government's coronavirus restrictions. This happened a day after oxygen ran out for two hours at a state hospital leading to the deaths of at least six COVID-19 patients. Hundreds of people gather in the streets in defiance of newly imposed night curfews in cities like Irvid and Salt. Jordan's prime minister fired the health minister and said he bore full responsibility for the deaths of the six coronavirus patients. Bolivia ex-president Janine Añez behind bars over alleged coup. Bolivia's former interim president Janine Añez has been arrested over the 2019 political crisis that saw her replace predecessor Evo Morales, reigniting tensions in the nation. The conservative politician had faced an arrest warrant on charges of terrorism, sedition and conspiracy over an alleged coup after she replaced Morales in November 2019. Añez claims to be the victim of, quote, aberrant political persecution, end quote, and says she should benefit from immunity as a former president. Major European nations suspend use of AstraZeneca vaccine. Germany, France, Italy, and Spain became the latest countries to temporarily suspend the use of AstraZeneca's COVID-19 vaccine over reports of dangerous blood clots in some recipients. AstraZeneca said there have been 37 reports of blood clots out of more than 17 million people vaccinated in the 27-country European Union and Britain. The drug maker and European regulators have said there is no evidence the shot is to blame. In Germany's elections, Merkel's party suffered setback in regional polls. Chancellor Angel Merkel's party has had its worst ever election result in two key regional votes seen as tests ahead of September's general election. The Christian Democrats have historically enjoyed firm support in Baden-Württemberg and rhineland Palatinate and had led opinion polls. But early results show a big drop widely blamed on public anger at the response to the coronavirus pandemic. Chancellor Merkel is due to step down in September after 16 years in office. Okay, thank you, Daniela. So for this week's topic, on March the 3rd, the chief prosecutor of the International Criminal Court, Fatou Bensouda, announced a probe into potential war crimes committed by Israeli troops on Palestinian territory. Some of the territories in question, the West Bank, East Jerusalem, and the Gaza Strip have been held by Israel for decades. Israel is not party to the Rome Statute, which governs the ICC, 
but the court has declared they have jurisdiction in the territories after a six-year preliminary investigation. The court is also investigating the actions of Palestinian militant groups in the same region. As you know, the Israel-Palestine conflict is one of the most sensitive in the world, and any new developments are bound to set off an impassioned reaction. Joining me to discuss the court's decision and other recent developments are two of our own Seton Hall students. Our domestic analyst for today is Annie Hebel. Welcome to the show, Annie. Thank you so much, Eric. And today's international analyst is Jackie Ballard. Welcome, Jackie. Hi, Eric. Thanks for having me today. No problem. Thanks for coming on. So let's get right into it. Why, and this is for you, Annie, to start with, why is Israel in these territories, if they are supposedly Palestinian, such as, you know, the West Bank and East Jerusalem, and, and how did they get them? So the primary territories that we're talking about here, um, the West Bank, the Gaza Strip, East Jerusalem, they were all captured by Israel in the 1967 Mideast War. They were originally held by Palestine, and then Israel came and captured these territories. And East Jerusalem was re-annexed in 1980. And since then, there have been lots of territorial scuffles um, over the region. And the main reason why there's such big debates over these issues is because they are all the holy lands. So they have significant religious um, implications and also political implications for both regions because of their strategic location. They contain many important religious aspects to both the Jewish people of Israel and also the Muslims in Palestine. And so these regions are really um, very emotional for both countries. They both really want them. Over the course of the last several years, several decades, there have been lots of, like I said, scuffles over the territories. Um, and it's really become a pretty significant conflict. Yeah, certainly. So it's a long-running and extremely um, religiously and, and ethnically charged conflict. Uh, I'm curious, what illegal actions or alleged illegal actions were taken by the Israelis in this case? So in this specific case, um, they're really targeting a few different aspects of their actually investigations are looking into both actions by Israel and Palestine. Um, the primary actions by Israel specifically, you're looking at um, airstrikes in the Gaza Strip that were targeting Palestinian citizens living in the area, and also um, actions surrounding 2018 protests on the Gaza border that Palestine's claim resulted in um, firing from the Israel Defense Force at civilians, Palestinian civilians. And you also have a big issue in this particular that they're looking at is this is um, the case of settlement building by Israel. Um, settlement building is actually considered a war crime under both the Rome Statute and the Geneva Convention. And basically, it's the idea you can't transfer populations from one country into another territory that was claimed by warfare, as the Palestinian territory was in this case. And so you have the problem that Israel has been building significant settlements, especially since um, 1994. There are yeah. currently over 700,000 Israelis living in the West Bank, and this population has actually grown four times faster than the population of people in Israel. And so there's a really a lot of concern over these settlements. And even the U.S., who is um, Israel's closest international ally, has agreed that these settlements are to some degree illegal. And so this investigation will really look into those issues, specifically the settlement buildings, and there's a lot of debate over what's going to happen. And that's kind of the big, one of the big central focuses of this issue. Why are they building settlements? I mean, you mentioned that they're considered like a war crime, but what, what purpose does building a settlement on someone else's territory serve? 
So it really, in this case, it's an attempt to establish dominance in a lot of cases, um, especially looking here, you know, Israel wants to stake claim on these territories. There are debates over whether they own them or not. They've captured them, but they're still primarily inhabited by Palestinians. So it's the idea that by building these settlements and by transferring these populations of people, it can establish more of a political control of, you know, if the more Israelis who are in these territories, the more claim Israel can have over these territories that they are Israeli. And so that's really where the big debate comes in. These settlements have also caused a lot of scuffles between Palestinian citizens and Israeli citizens living in the territory because there's a big mm. cultural dispute there. If if these are at least held by Israel, how, how did the court justify that they have jurisdiction over these areas if Israel is not a uh, party to the Rome Statute? Because of the Rome Statute, which is the founding treaty of the ICC, the International Criminal Court has the authority to prosecute those who are accused of genocide, crimes against humanity, and war crimes. However, Israel never ratified this treaty, but Palestine accepted it um, through their declaration in 2015. And because of this Palestinian declaration, this gave the International Criminal Court jurisdiction over these Palestinian territories. However, Israel rejected this, saying that the court has no jurisdiction over them because it's not a member of the International Criminal Court. It argues that its own judicial system is capable of investigating this case. However, the International Criminal Court disagrees with this, saying that Israel has not taken proper preliminary actions to investigate this case, which is why it's now under their jurisdiction to look into the crimes concerning these territories. Yeah, because Israel hasn't shown initiative into investigating essentially their own military, uh, which isn't ent entirely surprising, uh, the, the international court says they have jurisdiction. Right. Am I right in thinking that? Yes, exactly. And that's Palestine's argument is that Israel has not done enough to charge this so far and they haven't done enough to investigate this. So they're calling on the ICC. And up till this point, uh, we've been focusing on Israel, but it's worth noting that uh, Palestine, there's also investigation into the actions by uh, Palestinian militants. Annie, you want to tell us more about that? Yeah, absolutely. So there are two really key um, points that are potentially going to be investigated here. So the first one is there are um, allegations that the Hamas, which is an armed military group in Palestine, um, fired rockets into non-Israeli communities in Palestine. Um, and then the other primary aspect that is worth noting is that um, investigations when Palestine requested that the ICC investigate Israel and any war crimes that have been committed in this territory, they specifically requested that the ICC look at anything done after June 14th, 2014, which is really important to note because on June 13th, 2014, there was a case where there was the kidnapping and murder of three Israeli teens by Palestinian troops. Understandably caused some outrage in Israel that the investigation is focusing on anything that happened after this event. So it's really it'll be really interesting to see how this transpires if the ICC ends up looking at this event and if they don't what the reaction will be in Israel. But you bring up a good point uh, and I want to ask more about the reaction in Israel to the court's decision to open a war crimes investigation, specifically uh, Israeli government under Netanyahu. What has yes. been the reaction? Yeah, so um, needless to say they weren't happy at the plan um, or at the, the investigation. Israel feels that they that the ICC should not be allowed to investigate these crimes, essentially. Um, Netanyahu has called the investigation a, quote, perversion of justice um, and also accused the court of anti-Semitism and saying that it 
they're favoring the Muslims in the territory um, over the over the Jews who live there now, or over the over the Israeli Jews, I should say. And also, other reactions. Um, there's a lot of there's a lot of fear within Israel too as to who is going to be subject in this. I know the Israeli government has warned hundreds of people that they could be subject to probes because the ICC investigates individuals over governments. Um, so there's a lot of fear that a lot of very high profile um, Israeli leaders could be subject to to these probes. And overall, Israelis just feel that this is a big threat to their control over the Palestinian region, their settlements, which again, house a lot of people. Yeah, it's really, it's Israel's not happy over this for sure. Yeah, well, I, I can imagine. And, and we kind of already briefly mentioned this, but what is the likelihood that Israel is going to comply with court uh, commands? So at this part, I think it's really hard to say, honestly. Um, personally, I think it, yeah, I think it's likely, um, especially to avoid international scrutiny because the majority of countries in the world and the UN have expressed support for this, as I'm sure Jackie will get into. I, I read today um, the Israeli president and also the chief of the chief of staff of the Israel Defense Force um, were actually in Europe on the day of us recording this, holding talks. Um, kind of getting updates about the probe. So it'll be interesting to see what comes out of that. Um, and yeah, the fact that Israel has, hasn't signed the Rome Statute is really going to make things more difficult for the courts. And that is what primarily makes them the most unlikely to comply. But it'll be really interesting to see. It's kind of hard to say at this point whether or not they will comply. Hmm. So even though they don't recognize the court, the pressure might be enough that they still might comply. What is that, that international pressure, Jackie? How has the international community thus far responded to this this announcement? Yeah, so the international community has had mixed reactions about the ICC's statement, um, specifically between the U.S. and the rest of the Western world. As we know, the U.S. is a longtime ally of Israel, dating back to the Cold War. And because of that, Netanyahu and other Israeli officials have been putting diplomatic pressure on the U.S. to resist the court's investigation. Recently, the U.S. Department of State under Secretary of State Anthony Blinken released a press statement saying that the U.S., quote, firmly opposes and is deeply disappointed by this decision yet also remains deeply committed to ensuring justice and accountability for international atrocity crimes. So as we can see, the U.S. is choosing to support Israel throughout all of this, um, although they want to make sure that they're keeping up their pro-Western ideals by supporting the ICC and the accountability that it proposes. Um, recently, Prime Minister Netanyahu and Vice President Kamala Harris spoke on the phone and Vice President Harris assured Netanyahu that the U.S. will continue to support Israel throughout all of this. So we can see mm -hmm. that the United States is continuing our support. On other countries, however, this does not hold true. The international community actually does not support Israel and their holding of these territories such as the West Bank, the Gaza Strip, and East Jerusalem. And because of that, they believe that these territories should be part of Palestine's future state, and they believe that the ICC is right in prosecuting Israel in this area. Um, there have also been reactions from international organizations such as Human Rights Watch or Amnesty mm -hmm. International, and they have hailed this as a step toward justice. Okay, so yes, yeah, so the mass majority of the international community 
and um, other states are not particularly supportive uh, of Israel, with the exception of the United States. And so even in the Biden administration, they're still doubling down and supporting Israel. I'm curious, though, did the Trump administration before this have a, a different take on Israel? Yes, I'm actually glad that you brought this up. The Trump administration has supported Israel, most notably by moving the Israeli embassy to Jerusalem, which caused a huge controversy because the rest of the international community does not recognize East Jerusalem as an Israeli territory. Um, Also, it's important to note that the U.S. isn't actually a formal member of the International Criminal Court, and they also have not ratified the Rome Statute. And this is because the ICC was recently trying to investigate possible U.S. war crimes committed during the Afghanistan war. And because of this, the Trump administration imposed sanctions on multiple investigators in the International Criminal Court. Currently, the Biden administration is deciding whether or not to remove these, but it remains to be seen how this whole situation will play out. How have the the Palestinians reacted? thus far uh, to the announcement, Annie? So Palestinian, um, as we've talked about earlier, the Palestinians um, were really pushing for this investigation. So it's considered a win by a lot of Palestinians. Um, Really, there's a lot of hope that um, even though they're being investigated as well, um, they've, they've really welcomed this decision. The Hamas have repeatedly defended their actions as being, quote, legitimate resistance and, quote, to attacks by Israel. So they kind of feel that their actions are justified and that the court will recognize that. So um, especially considering that the case with the Israeli teenagers won't be investigated or likely won't be investigated, the Palestinians feel that their that whatever consequences they may, they may face will be less than that of Israel. And they also feel that it'll be worth it in a sense because they really see it as a victory for um, all Palestinian victims and current residents of the territories who have been you know, subject to these crimes by Israel. And they also really hope that this will bring an end to impunity in Israel. There's been a real feel in Palestine that um, Israel has managed to kind of avoid any kind of accountability for these actions. And so, yeah, is um, Palestine is really considering this a win. And they've also mentioned that they really joined the International Criminal Court in the hopes of um, internationalizing the peace process in the Middle East. And so um, they feel that this is really this is really doing that. Yeah. And then just to clarify, you mentioned Hamas. That is a, uh, a Palestinian group based in Gaza, correct? Yes, that's correct. And also, I mean, but you say that it's not likely that they'll be investigating this incident that took place the day before. It was it June 13th or July 13th, the day before? Yeah, um, June 13th. June 13th. But, I mean, there are other actions like the rocket attacks by Hamas, which could be investigated potentially by the court. If they were to to ask for more evidence on that, do you think Palestinian groups would, would comply? Um, I do think that they would comply. They have expressly mentioned several times that they are committed to the international peace process and they are committed to kind of welcoming themselves onto the international stage. And so I feel that even if the ICC does find that these actions were not legitimate resistance as they as the Palestinians think that it is, um, I feel that they will still comply because they, I mean, considering that they pushed for the attacks, they've made it pretty clear that they are committed to the international peace process, whatever that may whatever that may entail for both them <laughs> and Israel. Okay, so they, 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 they're standing by it for now. 
Yes, for now. Um, It'll, it will be interesting to see if that changes as things progress, if more um, more is uncovered, more more Palestinian actions are uncovered. But at this point, at this point, it's looking like they'll be up to complying. Well, we'll, we'll keep an eye on it. Uh, one last question. Will this, this court uh, case, even if it doesn't find them guilty, do you think it could have any substantial impact on Israeli policy going going forward? I think the main the main element of Israeli policy that I see it affecting is really about the settlement building. That's kind of the biggest issue. I should say that's what Israelis the Israelis are most worried about, um, because there is significant evidence that these settlements are. I mean, they have been built. There's no denying that they've been built. And there's not a ton of defense as to why they've been built um, that would make them seem more legal. So that's really the main the main concern. Israel really feels that the rest of their actions are defensible um, in terms of defending their territory, but these settlements are really the big point that they're worried about. Um, and if this if these settlements are found to be illegal, it could really have lots of implications on Israel. Again, like I've mentioned, 700,000 people live in these mm -hmm. territories. And so if, if for some reason they were to have to leave, this would be a very big migration crisis for Israel. And it's it's unclear if Israel is prepared or has the tools to accommodate this. Um, and it's even, what would, what would shutting down these settlements even look like? All of that is really unclear. So that's really the biggest yeah. concern that Israel has right now about this investigation. What Annie said is completely true. It looks like this could be hugely impactful on Israeli foreign policy, especially considering the settlement settlements. However, considering the military attacks that they've taken, there isn't much that the ICC could do to prosecute Israelis because Israel isn't formally a member of the International Criminal Court. So it seems like Israel could get away with this a lot if they played it right. Um, the only thing that the ICC could actually do in order to impose their order is issue arrest warrants that would make it difficult for Israeli officials to travel abroad. But besides mm -hmm. that, they have no way of enforcing their ruling. Yeah, that is definitely a very good point, especially considering they don't have jurisdiction over Israel. Like like Jackie was saying, there's not a ton they can do to enforce it. Yeah. And, and Jack, Jacqueline, no sign of... U.S. support waning for Israel, even in, in the light of a war crimes investigation, correct? That is correct. And it seems like the U.S. has decided, especially with the recent phone call between Kamala Harris and Prime Minister Netanyahu, they have continued to recommit their support to Israel, and we don't see them backing down anytime soon. Yeah, that's a long-standing alliance. It's not going to change overnight for certain. Well, this has been a, a truly fascinating discussion. Uh, Jackie, Annie, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Eric. Yeah, thank you for having us. No problem. Uh, that is all for today. Be sure to follow The Global Current on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter for updates on upcoming shows. This show would not be possible without our dedicated crew. Executive producer Jared Dang, associate producers Jasmine Delone and Joaquin Matsmus, technical producers Joel Mora and Brittany Serga, and assistant technical producer Jason Marieski. I'm your host, Eric Bunce. The Global Current is brought to you by the School of Diplomacy and International Relations at Seton Hall University. As always, keep it current with us and catch us on the waves every Sunday at 8.30 a.m. on 89.5 FM WSOU. Until next time, thank you. <laughs>